Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Welcome to Surveyor Says. This is your host for the day, Kurt Sumner. Thanks for joining me. Today I have a a guest who I've had conversations with a couple of times and the kind of guests I think who are inspiring to me uh, because when I think about the profession of surveying and I think about the people who are in it, there are a lot of us, including me, who came to it not by accident necessarily, but not necessarily it was our life plan going forward from when we were when we were young. And everybody who knows me knows my story. Um, but my guest today is Zach Gooch. Welcome, Zach. Thank you. Thank you. Zach Good to be here. Is in surveying, but he uh, he didn't really start out that way. He's one of those people who found us through another profession and liked what it was about which to me is inspiring because when when people are doing something that in your case something you really studied to do and spent a lot of time preparing for and spent time actually doing after after school and then you you got this interest in surveying and you came our way so i think i think our profession's better off to have you in the flock so uh, thanks for joining me it's it's great having you on the show I I appreciate it. That's that's really nice of you to say. Thank you. So I'll just give a little tease for the audience and let you talk about how you came from being an archaeologist into the surveying profession. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, a lot of times in in archaeology we would um there was times we would grid out a site because we had to do units, uh, two by two meter. They use meters, um, the two by two meter units, and they would set up total stations and kind of lay those out. And it always seemed like like a mystical kind of knowledge for the. Everybody didn't know how to use total stations. It, the people that did were like mystical people that that had this knowledge and i always thought it was the most interesting thing on how to use those and we used them sometimes for like um mapping there was some bluff shelters we had done and it was like oh we'll run a total station and map it I'm like what okay like i want to know how to do that and at the end of the day i just i like making maps more the mapping is I love it. Yeah, it certainly is a fun thing. I, when you were talking about and the archaeology part, uh, one of my favorite videos is a video of people, uh, archaeologists, I, I think, measuring mm -hmm. Mount Rushmore with with surveying equipment. That, oh, that would be 
that would be insane. It's, I'd love you know, to look it up sometime on Google or something. I, I'm sure that that video is out there, but I know I'll have to. back when it was going on or when it first became publicized, you'd see pictures of it. And we even ran some of them in some of our publications, but it was just a, a really cool thing. Um, right. That people do from a surveying perspective for what you might think is non-traditional from a surveying perspective. Mm -hmm. Most people think about surveying, okay, you're surveying land, you're doing somebody's boundary line or you're staking out a road or whatever, but there's right. so many other things that involve surveying um, that that you know well about from your background. And uh, so you actually are a, a graduate archeologist and was in that business for what, seven or eight years or something? Eight. Eight years. Yes, sir, it was, it, was, it was about seven, eight years. Um, it was I loved it I just I like doing the mapping more um and then every day in surveying you I like puzzles like we had talked about in the past like surveying's a lot about solving the puzzle and that's at the end of the day you might get really frustrated about them but like that's what's fun every day is kind of a new puzzle yeah really enjoy that yeah, figuring those things out is it's a great thing for surveying, that's for sure. Um, so after you got out of school, you went into archaeology. Were, now, you're in Florida now. Now I am, yes, sir. Were you there when you were doing archaeology, or did you go there later? I, I've, I've done some archaeology in Florida. Like I kind of primarily worked in the southeast uh, from Alabama originally. and we you pretty much work in a region because that's kind of where all your study focuses on at the end of the day but i did get a chance to go out to new mexico and i worked out there for a while and we ended up using some levels um they had a gps crew come in they'd lay out elevations and then we would take levels and measure distances with three wiring it and checking elevations off the grid that way and that was more fun than the archaeology to me like i just, it's it's a really good time now, levels are my favorite thing to do are honestly. there are there companies that are set up specifically to do archaeology or are there companies who do things and have archaeologists on their staff it's a it's both um a lot of times some of the larger engineering firms have ended up buying up smaller archaeology firms because they're kind of consolidating every like an all-in-one package so like they might offer like wetlands locates they might can offer the archaeology side of it they might can resolve the boundary they can and i guess their arguments like you can deal with one company that can do all of these things for you or you can subcontract out five different projects and a, a lot of the smaller companies have been bought up that way uh into the larger engineering firms so it's it it was kind of a weird time when i started doing that right but um yeah that's it's kind of where it goes with the surveying companies. So when you made the transition, did you already have a family started? I did not. Um, 
I came down here on a the one of the last archaeology projects I did, and I had a buddy that was retired military, and it I was I kind of burned out on travel because it's it's all traveling all the time, and he was like, "Why don't you come work with us for a couple of weeks? We're moving the shop. We need some help." So I I worked with him for a couple of weeks and. I ended up staying there for a year. It was a military company. And then that kind of ended. And, you know, in this area, there's a lot of it's the nice little Florida area. It's all military. And if you're not military or it's it's not just a lot of construction options for you. Um, so I was like, well, I've got some experience with using some of this equipment and I may not know everything about it, but that sounds like that'd be a pretty viable option for me to go down that road. Um, and I haven't looked back. I, I love it. Yeah. One of the things that, that was uh, interesting to me when we were having our telephone conversation was uh, obviously you're in Florida and, and, and if you're going to end up with a license, then they have their degree requirements that, most states have, not all states do. I mean, there's still a few states where you can, my home state of Virginia, you can still be licensed without a college degree. It takes right. a long time to get there, but uh, so uh, being being in Florida, the, the question always comes to mind, you, know, you went to school, you got your your degree for archeology span and you know, how does that, how's that gonna play out in terms of experience and education, what transfers, what doesn't, I guess you have, you have to look at all those things to get to where you want to go. Yeah, I do. I've I've looked into some of that because, I, you know, that seems that's kind of the option I want to go. Um, it's it's a good viable option, and um, from my degree of what I have, I still have to check with the state board specifically because it's. It's kind of they require either a four year college degree and then a bet accredited program or 25 hours in survey related classes. And I don't specifically know if those 25 credit hours in survey related material also have to require my initial degree to be in a bet accredited program. I, it, it's a thing I have to look into a little bit further, uh, but that's definitely the route I want to go. And it's 25 hours isn't really that much. Right. Um, and that one class a semester. Again, that path you're talking about is, is one of the things we talk about a lot in terms of people who are wanting to be there and are in a circumstance that they can't get there right away. And so right. that's a, people heard me say this so much, they get tired of me hearing, hearing me say it, but it, that that's really important to me because that's kind of my path. You know, I, I went into surveying, but I didn't have a, have a degree. And so uh, I'm always impressed when people realize that there's a path out there that's, you know, it's not the easiest path. Um, right. But, but they're looking at it. And I'm just so grateful that we've gotten to the point now in the country where you can do that and still work with the schools that are now offering the distance learning. 
that that's such a great opportunity for people and and sounds like it's going to be for you as well i i hope so um it's 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 kind of you know looking around like right now with the pandemic and everything that's going on it's everything is going to have to be online and also i, I work a full work week like i i need to I need to have a little bit more flexible life. Like I can't go to Chicago for a class. I I need to be able to do it at my house in the evenings. Right. Um, that's what, yeah. One of the things I've always thought was good about that particular path is that the lab, so to speak, that students have to go through to learn about how things are done. Mm-hmm. And this path, your lab, is what you're doing every day. Yeah, and I I really think that kind of even right now I'm I'm looking back at some older math, uh, trigonometry, geometry. I'm relearning how to do some stuff that I didn't really pay the most attention to when I was in high school and I was supposed to learn it. Um, now I kind of have this real life example of how I can apply that to something and it's useful and i just i never learned it back then as well as i should have but uh yeah that's it's yeah it is kind of it's a day-to-day lab and like every day you're like well how could i use this to solve this boundary i'm stuck on that makes no sense or you know what what do i need to do here like mathematically to solve that it's 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 useful it, it is a day-to-day lab and you you had actually mentioned to me on our call about finding uh my my good friend jim cone's information so helpful to you jim's going to be thrilled to hear that <laughs> i know everybody can't see right this <laughs> he's he sent me the book right here there you go and it it is a wealth of knowledge in that book on especially like studying back for the um like the cst program uh, the information he has in there it's it's not stuff you get on a day-to-day basis because like let's say you go back to the cst level one and they're talking about like um you know tape sag corrections and temperature corrections and that kind of and we don't deal with that anymore right at all um we don't even have a steel tape in our truck i don't that's probably a horrible thing to say but you don't you don't use it um and and that kind of thing like he talks about like you know the calcing out curves and grades and everything on there and he talks about like the theory behind it and I'm like oh, okay that's like when i calc this point it's the same as me occupying this pi and backsite and a pc and then turning the angle to get the pt it's it's the same it's just theoretical now and it's in a perfect world of a calced environment um it's it's a wonderful book and i really thank him for kind of getting in touch with me and talking about that he's it's been really helpful um helping to understand some of that knowledge that 
that doesn't always get passed on so much anymore. Right. Yeah, that that's very true. Um, the 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 path again, like you were talking about, and you mentioned CST, which our program that was designed for for field crew people to have a way to show a credential. Mm-hmm. But in hearing you talk about it, it it's like a step another step in the direction you want to go. It's not like, okay, I got CST. I'm, I'm good. It's like, I've got CST and it's going to help me to the next step. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, because some of the things in that it's, it's like you're learning the theory behind what you do now. And I guess really when you're starting out, it's for myself, Personally, I remember I've only taken level one. I was I've been looking at level two, and at the time, looking at the things that level one covered, I was like, "Well, this we don't do any of this. Why? Why are we? Why are we doing this?" Uh, but I don't know. Now that I've moved ahead more, I can kind of see back. I'm like, "Oh, okay. This is why I need to know these things because it's the basis of." what we do now yeah i think you mentioned to me that one of the things that intrigues you is when you get to work on a solving a boundary or or determining Mm -hmm. where boundary lines are and that kind of thing and i think that's really what catches all of us as surveyors is 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 you know solving that puzzle you were talking about um and you right in our conversation you ran into some and and it sounds like you're in a good situation because you can have that conversation back and forth with the people you're working with and, and talk oh, about that. 100%. And that, that's so important uh, in, in your mentorship. 100%. Uh, yeah. We're, we're never even, you know, it just, if you have any kind of trouble I'm like, look, I'm, I'm stuck. None of this makes any sense. Um, you can always, call and ask and look this is what's going on you're not just left alone even though maybe i didn't have like the training like like jim cone talks about um like i i we can still move forward and i can still kind of i'm sorry um we can still move forward and uh, still you can do things you just need maybe a little bit of like check this or check that so it's yeah they definitely they're there to help you out it's just with the workloads and you know the technology that's advanced it's like the the collector does so much for you and when you get down in there it it really you know if you can have some of that knowledge of like the theory behind how you do it and combine that with the technology of what's going on now you can you can get things done at the end of the day yeah that's that's very true and uh, another thing you mentioned to me that I thought was was pretty cool was you reached out to the Florida Surveyors Society FSMS and and yes sir 
and joined through their Young Surveyors branch. And that Young Surveyors group, nationwide, internationally, whatever, is so important because it's the future. And so it, right. that was a really good move on your part to to realize how important it was to get hooked up with people in in that group, I think. Well, it's been listening to podcasts about surveying that it kind of encouraged me to get out and reach out to people, kind of like yourself and Jim Cohn and, you know, the local branches of groups. And I've, I've still got two years. I can still qualify for the Florida branch of the young surveyors. So uh, times are just, they're kind of crazy right now with meetings and things there's not really meetings and but you know i've been trying to reach out to people with that and get in touch with folks and just you know if if two people talk about something it's you maybe somebody else has a different idea and like you can discuss their ideas well okay i'd I'd never thought about it that way before so it it only helps people in the end of the day i think yeah that's really true and and one of the things that i think uh could, could be of some help is people who are involved in the young surveyors group are all really really enthusiastic and and they want to be able to help other people so you have an opportunity through young surveyors to reach out to other people in other places uh, that are active in in the young surveyors group locally or state or even nationally and and they're all so good about wanting to help each other so i i and i'll be glad to, to work with you on that and help you to locate some people to talk to if you're interested in that because that support system of your peers is so important i think and that's one of the great things about the young surveyors they are really interested in helping each other and then eventually of course the profession as a result so um as you're going through that process, I, I'm very happy to work with you or help you find people to have a conversation with if you're interested in doing that. I'd, I appreciate that. I'd, I'd be very much interested in that. One of the things you said to me that was also heartening for me was you were talking about you started looking for schools. And mm -hmm. and you and looked at our BeASurveyor.com website. That's exactly right. That's exactly why we created it. So it gives you an opportunity to see what's out there all across the country. And as we mentioned, many times you you could be able to go to a school anywhere. I, it could be UMaine, it could be Great Basin in Nevada, wherever it happens to be. Right. Yeah, that's a, that was a really beneficial site you have up. And I, again, I, I have to check with, you know, the state board here if they're specifically, because I have a lot of things that, that I've already taken at school that I feel like they would credit for that 25 credit hours of survey related material. But I don't know if they're going to require it to be specifically ABET accredited. And every ABET accredited school I've looked up requires a calculus, and I did not have calculus. So. I will have to take that if, if that's specifically the case, but. Yeah, and you'll find that as you look around the country, if you haven't had an opportunity to do so yet, when you look at the requirements from state to state, uh, they do vary somewhat depending on 
and and like I said, there are even the laws uh, vary somewhat, but you can look around and see what each state has in mind. And of course, everybody, all the licensing boards are are tied one way or the other to to NCES, the National Council of Examiners. And so mm -hmm. I think maybe the terminology to use is I, it, it appears to me that over time, uh, the the exams have become a bit more homogenous, where right. there's a pattern. Uh, and that's not a bad thing, but you also have things that happen in states that are unique to that state. So you have to be aware of that as well. Right. Um, yeah, it, um, I, I, I feel like, I don't know, it seems like it's kind of a, they take it as, from the wording of the requirement, it, it seemed like it was as kind of a case-by-case -case scenario, almost, on how the wording put it. I, I just, I, I haven't gotten in touch with anybody yet, um, I, but I need to do that pretty soon just to go ahead and start me a path and of course I've I've got more catch up work still to do before I'd need to take a calculus but at the end of the day it, it'd be good to have like an idea of what I'm trying to move towards but then again there's always the CST that I'm still looking at at level two I need to take it go ahead and move on up um yeah, I think the I just I think the Florida Society offers uh, opportunities to do CST as as a group. Um, and mm -hmm. I don't know uh, for CST like people come to our office and I proctor for them sometimes. Um, and I, I don't know exactly what the opportunities are for finding proctors where you are. Uh, some states are a lot more active than others are. Florida is one of the states that's really active. So I, I hopefully you'll you'll be able to find proctors when you're when you need them. Well, when I did level one, we did like a group from the office. They pushed everybody to go, you know, take whatever next level. That was some people had already done level one. They were going to do two. Some had done two. They were going to do three. But we worked in kind of as a group, and they set it up at the library, and the librarians themselves were proctors and we had our rooms and they came and checked on us and everything so that that worked out and I imagine it would be a similar thing now I just with with you know the COVID going on I don't know how they're how that's going to affect right kinda, I, I can go to the library and take a test right but I, I the thing I was pointing out is and the thing about in our office sometimes when somebody comes to our office to do CST, it's one person. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you will have an opportunity if you wanted to do that, where there'd be somebody available who could help you with that rather than have to wait till they decide to do a, a big one. You, you'd be able to sign up and right. get that problem so with you. So I might could go to like a specific, like, state office kind of thing yeah, locally even, that even some surveyor's office that that's into cst um, right i i don't know how they feel about like your own company proctoring your exam i i don't know what the regulations yeah are i don't i don't think they allow that um i didn't think so yeah it doesn't sound like they would but yeah. you, you know 
but then again, there are a lot of good folks out there in the surveying world that want to help people regardless. So, so that's, exactly, that's a good thing. So definitely so. Based on your experiences and what you've been through, uh, and and knowing you, your ultimate goal, um, what advice would you give to some somebody, anybody who's working in the field? Because I know we have a lot of survey techs that listen to this, listen to these podcasts. Um, mm -hmm. What what level of encouragement would you give them to be diligent and pursue that goal? Ask questions. If you don't understand something, ask. There's there's a lot of groups of people that are kind of gonna tear you apart a little bit for asking that kind of question. But there's a lot of people out there. If you find them, like yourself included, that encourage you to ask those. If you don't know, you're not gonna learn it by not asking questions, and it's only gonna benefit what you're doing in the field if you ask questions to people and understand things better you can get the job done faster you've got a better idea what's going on and it's it's only going to help you at the end of the day it you sometimes it's a little nervous asking people like hey i don't really understand how to do this um could you maybe explain it a little bit how would you do this um there's there's a lot of people out there that are more supportive than I think. It's like in high school, you know, nobody wants to raise their hand and ask the question. Like I don't really what I don't I don't understand what you're saying. And if you if if you take a few minutes and and you find the right people to ask the questions you need to ask, there's a lot of folks out there that are willing to help. You just gave me a. I'm going to call it a really good idea. I don't know if anybody else will think it's a really good idea. Okay. In talking to you, it makes me think, why, does, why don't we at NSPS create a, a team of people around the country who have passion and want to help other people? And that's not to say everybody doesn't, but, you know, some people are more diligent about it than others. So, right. So let's say NSPS had a team of people that that people like you could send an email to or have a conversation with on something that you want to discuss, and it's it and it's not necessarily specific to a particular spot in the world, but it's a surveying question in general that that you want to get some some insight about. Why right. wouldn't it be a good idea to have that team of people available? to folks in your situation or our, our survey techs in general to be able to say, hey, I can go to NSPS and, and get hooked up with somebody somewhere who's willing to have a conversation with me. I think that'd be a great idea, honestly. Um, and and that even like helps, I think that would encourage membership in the organization itself is, you provide this additional service where if, if people want to discuss just the theory about how you do stuff, you could contact some people from the organization and it's, it's, it's the NSPS. Like it, it sounds like, a, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. that the, I, I would definitely join. The poster child in my mind for that would be our buddy, Jim. <laughs> I, 
he would be a great one. And there are a lot he, of people he, like him. You know, he's not alone, but he's he he could he's a poster child because he just has that deep burning desire to help people. Yeah, it, I can tell that, and I'm I would love to meet more people like him, uh, just for that instant because I'm I think of what all he's told me just through emails and reading his book. I'm like, wow, uh, and it seems like the majority of people I contact that are similar to him equally want to share their like i've talked to a lot of people about programming calculators just and they love calculators so much they're so happy that that somebody else wants to program a calculator like they like i think that would be a great a great branch of the organization to start yep i agree well we we usually keep these things around 30 minutes and we're approaching that, I think. So, but I want to make sure to thank you for joining me today and bringing this perspective to our audience, whether it be other technicians or our members or anybody out there who might happen to hear this. And maybe they're not even thinking about surveying as a career. And they say, wow, how maybe I can do that too. So it's, it's very uh, encouraging and exciting. I think to have this conversation and, you even gave me a great idea for <laughs> finding a way to help uh, help build a team of mentors. So I really do appreciate you being on the show with me and, and thank you for looking at surveying the same way the ones of us who've loved it all of our lives do. And, and I know you're not alone in that. We just have to make sure we find all those people. I really appreciate you having me on. That's uh, it, I, it's the NSPS pod. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I feel the same way, and I'd if that branch starts up, I'd really be interested in talking to the people on that about you know any any kind of question you might have. Just that's great. Sure. Well, I'll I'll certainly keep you posted on what kind of reaction I get when I take that back and say, "Hey, here's a good idea. Let's try this." <laughs> <laughs> I support it, and I know several people that it would also support it. Well, thanks again, Zach. I appreciate it, and especially we're doing this kind of late in the day, so and I know you've been working, so thanks for taking the time to be with me. Oh, thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. Surveyor.